live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. I appreciate you changed Raheem Mostert's name to Kareem Mostert. No, I said no. This is the Press Box. Tyler, are you still there? With Grady and Bischoff. Those two maroons <laughs> can jump on a boat and sail up Lake Mead, n- never to be seen again. On ESPN Las Vegas. The Millsy knocking television broadcasts off the air and he's giving us a hard time. He's mean to us. Tripping over wires and nonsense like that. Yeah, he's the reason AT&T Sportsnet can't get the game on the air. Exactly. Jesus. How's he that, still got a job? That the Millsy on Thursday. Enough of that. It's World Series Day, and there's only one person in this studio who's happy about it. The first bite. Are the Astros the biggest villains in sports? You have two athletes listed here that might be better villains. I think because of the league he plays in and all the attention he's gotten, and I will say Tom Brady's a bigger villain. So here's what I'm curious about Tom Brady. There's been a flip on him, hasn't there? Yeah. Ever since he joined Twitter. <laughs> Twitter in Tampa. He people like Tom Brady now, right? Like well, I mean more a lot more. I guess I guess more. Yeah. I guess I'd say more maybe like Like him. I mean there's still people that obviously don't like Tom Brady, right. but he since leaving New England, I feel like he is much more likable. I mean him getting drunk on water or whatever it was after on Kool-Aid. He'd had sugar for the tossing, first time in Lombardi, two decades. Tossing Lombardi trophy over to yeah, another boat. Like, I, I genuinely feel like he is much more likable now. Like, not to a point where a lot of people love Tom Brady, but I don't I don't view Tom Brady. I don't think, do you, like, do you think people still view him as a villain? Like, I think they view his career. I mean, career. I think a lot of people do. And I don't know what the percentages of people like I am, which who is indifferent to him. Like, I don't hate him and I don't love him. Yeah. I don't really care about him. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think he's the best quarterback ever, but that doesn't mean anything. I just don't really have strong feelings one way or the other about him. I mean, he still didn't he still get a uh, PPP loan right after winning the Super Bowl? <laughs> like, Did he, he? He got a COVID loan for like $900,000. He's still kind of like a jerk, but he's just like likable jerk. Well, yeah, and he comes off on Twitter kind of like, a clown, but I don't know if he knows he's coming off in a clown sometimes. Sometimes he's, but I, maybe I think he, he knows does. it. I yeah. think he's, he's pretty smart, aware. obviously. Yeah, maybe I he's think totally he's fully aware. aware of everything he's doing on Twitter. And I, I honestly, though, like he, three years ago, absolutely, Tom oh. Brady. But now, I, don't, I think more people like him. I think he's skewing more towards likable <laughs> than unlikable. Is this sort of the... I didn't like Bill Belichick and still, uh, until I started reading about like Bill Belichick the person, not Bill Belichick, the evil Sith the evil Lord. Coach. Well, we didn't know much about Tom Brady, the person. He didn't yeah. say much in New England. Well, we had the weird documentary where he kissed his kid, and that was kind of it. That was, that was a hard kiss. Right. But like since he's been gone from New England, it seems like he's, I don't know, more open, more. more I wonder he, if he picked up a percentage of New England people who don't like him now. Just because he left. Uh, there's I, probably New England people who say they don't like him, but they actually do still love him. Well, it's like the commercial. They take him back in a second. Yeah, yeah I mean, that was the that's the best part of yeah. that commercial is we're not taking you back. And everyone else. Yes, we yes, will. We will. I mean, yeah, you get two decades and multiple Super Bowls, like one of the most dominant two decades in American sports history. Yeah, just because <laughs> he went to a different team. You're still going to love that guy. That's incredible. So what about LeBron James? Where does he fit on the villain scale? I saw that, and I didn't – maybe I'm just indifferent to everyone. (laughs) 
Maybe I don't like her. Well, I don't like people. He doesn't like you. Don't, don't like, like people, people who who are involved with your own teams. Right. I don't like people. <laughs> like anywhere. Doc Roberts should be the Doc third Roberts name. Doc Roberts is the biggest villain in sports, no, I mean, according to Ed Grady. Do you think LeBron is in the category of what Brady once was? During those Miami Heat years, yes. Oh my God! Because of the yes. decision, yes. Because he was the best player in the world. Even when he went to Miami, he was the best player in the world for those four years. But people refuse to give him credit and think he ruined the sport by teaming up with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Yes. Right. It was why you don't have to do that. Jordan never would have done that. I think the thing with with LeBron is the comparison to Michael Jordan. And there are so many people that refuse to believe somebody could be even on the same level as Michael right. Jordan. And because of that. Everything LeBron does gets torn down as well. You haven't won every single finals you've been in, or whatever the complaint is, right? Like you keep going to right. Him. So I think, I think for LeBron, it has more to do with who he's being compared to than anything else. But do you think, like Brady, in your mind, he's kind of lost a little bit? Because I don't hear as many people anymore saying I hate LeBron. It's kind of like, yeah, he's on the Lakers and. There's better, younger, not better, but younger players I like to watch more. I don't know. I haven't heard many people say, oh, I just hate that guy. Maybe I don't ask people. Yeah, I, I think it's it's calmed down quite a bit because, A, he's not the best player in the league anymore. Right. And, B, they won the bubble championship, but they weren't, you know, they got knocked out in the first round last year. Yeah. Like, they weren't a, a title contender when it all came down to the end because of injuries there. So, I think we, we've had... LeBron's still in the spotlight, but as much as you can over the last year, LeBron's not really been in the spotlight as much as we're used no. to. So you don't get hated as much. I don't want you to, like, obviously you don't ever judge a book by its title, but I would like to read the title of a book that was released. I believe the year after he went to Miami, the whore of Akron, one man's search for the soul of LeBron James. <laughs> that was done by a sports writer. And then like, Five years later, he comes back yeah. to Cleveland <laughs> and gives Cleveland like its only good sports yeah. moment in like forty years. I mean, losing the World Series to the Cubs, you 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 don't ever get to forget that you were a part of that. Oh, so who would would anybody else be on that list? Are there any other teams or players that would be on the list of villains? As much of those guys. I think Maybe Belichick, not. but it's he's yeah. tied with Brady. I don't think people hate Belichick. I think we're. I don't, in, lot, I don't think a lot of people like Urban Meyer. I don't think a lot I of mean, people. I mean, I don't think. Like, but we also make fun you of him. And also, a key point to being a villain is you got to win, and he's not doing a lot of that right now. That's true. Like if the you Astros, if the Astros just missed the playoffs the last two years, there there wouldn't people would make fun of him, but there wouldn't be just like Urban Meyer. People make fun of him, but there wouldn't be any. There wouldn't be a ton of hate for him because, yeah, they well, suck. You there. just make fun of him. <laughs> there was a point where at the height of it, when they had the blue and the white squad, where Cal- Calipari was, like, considered this, he would just go into recruits' houses and go, this is a million, uh, $12 million contract that I got this role player. I got this guy a yeah. max contract where it was just like, oh, no, I'm not even playing the game. Like, I'm straight up telling you, I'm sending you to the league. Okay, here's here's a question for you. That maybe this is true or not, but I don't think Bill Belichick was ever as hated as Tom Brady. I don't oh, think. There's, I don't think. No, I, I think Brady was hated more. I don't think there's. Has there ever been an NBA coach that's been as hated as LeBron or even like any time like no. Shaq and Kobe or, A coach? or yeah no, no. And Jared brings up John Calipari, but that makes me wonder 
why doesn't Nick Saban get like Nick Saban's not hated, is he? Like people in the SEC hate losing to him, but I feel like for He's whatever a lot more reason, respected than hated. That's the word. For whatever reason, dominant coaches we respect, dominant players we always end up turning on, and they become I mean, villains. How about Shashevsky? I was actually going to go with what about random white Duke player? Yeah, they get a lot. Yeah, of hate. they get a lot of hate. Shashevsky's <laughs> <laughs> hey, they arrogance. earn a lot of that hate. Yes. I mean, I think Shashevsky's arrogance turns people off. It does. But I do think respect outweighs it. Like for whatever for sure. whatever reason, when a coach is good, we look at it and say, "Oh, we we respect yeah, him." We and, might not like him, right. but he's really good. But when a player's dominant, when it's Brady or when it's LeBron or whoever it is, like they get a lot more yeah. hate. And I, I don't well, know what that is. And we mentioned Meyer, and let's just go back to him in college because I just, I mean, hates a strong word. Any, I disliked him greatly, and yet I'd always say, "Well." Saban's the best, and he's second best. Like I knew, like I knew what a great coach he was. So it was like you can dislike the guy, but I didn't sit there and say, "Well, I completely dislike him, and he's no good." He was incredible in college. Let me ask you this: Is it the fact that Saban didn't ever feel sl- like, and maybe he does? He probably does all the slimy stuff too, but it never feels slimy when Saban does it. When Urban Meyer does stuff, it feels like. Oh. Oh, okay. So it turns out Percy Harvin was just yeah. rolling around beating the crap yeah. out of his own teammates. And you just yeah, covered that Urban up. Had, Urban definitely had the reputation of getting some guys that uh, weren't looked on as the incredible <laughs> citizens. In, in, incredible in, in, citizens. In, in, in yes, the they were not. Hey, yeah. Tebow. <laughs> so, all right. On the idea of like the coaches or the managers, do you like Dusty Baker? I do. Okay. I do like Dusty Baker. So, I do. As a Dodgers fan, yeah, Astros win the World Series. I'll be happy for Dusty. You'll Baker. be happy for yes, Dusty for him. Baker. I will be happy. Okay, because yeah, I, I absolutely am, that has been a big narrative this postseason. Because Dusty Baker, a lot of people love Dusty Baker. He's got the most wins for any manager to not win the World Series. There's right. a lot of like, oh, people love Dusty Baker and they'd love to see him win a title, but he's managing the team that most people hate and yeah. the Astros. And I'm curious how that actually weighs like out in a lot, lot of people's minds. He's the Astros, Tim Tebow. Yeah, pretty much. He's the yeah. halo. We're putting on top of the right. uh, trash. Pile. He's not actually that good, but he's, he's exists. He's got a role to play. I mean, I still am mad about like Carrie Woods arm, but well, okay. I think enough time has passed that that was just like, ah, he's dusty. Yeah, I just remember Kerry Wood striking out 20 Astros. <laughs> what a nightmare that was. <laughs> Who the hell is this guy? I, I would I would be very happy if he won for him. I, did, I would. Did you see him drink champagne out of a shoe after they clinched a playoff spot? <laughs> no. <laughs> now I'm even happier for him. <laughs> now I want him to win even more. Just him. No one else. Can he win and the rest of the team lose? I don't, I don't think, think that's, that's possible. possible. <laughs> okay, so I've seen that a ton in Formula One. Is that where it comes from? Or is, like, where is this shoe? The shim? first place I saw it was country music. Okay. Yeah. So drink, we need to ask Jason Fitz. Drinking it out of a boot was the first place I saw it. It might have been Fitz. Yeah. <laughs> I may, it might have It might have existed before that, but the first place I ever saw somebody drinking alcohol out of a shoe was <laughs> country, country, music. country music and somebody drinking it out of a boot. Like, that's just, yeah. So, I don't know. I, did Formula One steal it from country music or vice versa? I have no idea. But that's become the cool thing to do is you celebrate by drinking out of a shoe. Which, by the way, terrible celebration. Who the hell wants to drink anything oh. out of a shoe? That not sounds good. disgusting. It's not disgusting. I, you'll be surprised at this, and Dodger fans out there will hate me saying this, but I, I'd be happy for him to win it. 
I've got to be honest. Like, if you ask me, like, what I'm more, like, upset with is that the further you get away from the Astros and Dodgers World Series and, and all that happened there, like, I'm more, far more concerned with the Dodgers and not making it this year. Like, I don't keep thinking about that. You know what I mean? I don't keep Good. going. That's healthy. I mean, I, keep, I don't keep going back and, like, I mean, I was mad at it. Again, I'm a very indifferent person. I don't like people and I don't have any emotions about anything. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the Dodgers, as you know. But, like, I'm far more angry this year about what happened than worrying about if they win it. If they win it, I'm like, all right, they won it, and I'm happy for Dusty. Like, I won't be saying, oh, they won it, and I hate it because of what happened before. Like, yeah. I don't think that way. You're not going to stay up at night, Matt, because no, Jose exactly. Altuve like, won all right, another They won title. the World Series. Tyler will be happy when he gets back. Yeah. It'll be fun. <laughs> Do we want any um, updates on how the practice of – Drinking champagne from a shoe became popular in the last in the recent years. Yes. Yes. Okay, so apparently it's very popular in Australia. It is called doing a shoey. Yeah, shoey. That's <laughs> yes. the phrase. Uh a motor GP rider, Jack Miller, celebrated his first premier class victory by drinking champagne out of his shoe on June 26, 2016. Since then, Formula One driver Daniel Ricardo, another Australian, whenever he wins, started doing it. And now it's just everybody does it. <laughs> now Dusty you Baker's just go, doing it. Hey, I won. Somebody give me a shoe. Man, and I thought drinking milk after winning the Indy 500 was the worst thing yeah. you could drink after winning a race. But actually, it's drinking champagne out of your shoe. Coming up next, somebody make Derek Carr the MVP already. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. You always have like some coffee with you, so I've got to ask, what's your coffee <laughs> order? Oh, man. That's a great question. I've been waiting on that question. <laughs> so, uh, for me, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to Dutch Bros right over here on Spencer near the facility. And I get two ice nine one ones, which is the six espresso coffee joints. Uh, and God forbid, I don't drink all those. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't drink the whole thing. I get two ice medium nine one ones, one for me and one for my punter AJ Cole. Uh, and then I get one Irish kicker, normally for Alec Ingold. Um, but yesterday it was a uh, double torture for Alec Ingold. He put in a special request. Wow. So is Dutch oh, yeah. Bros, does it live up to the hype? Because those oh, lines yeah. are insane. Dutch Bros, Dutch Bros is tremendous. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, big, I'm a big fan. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Uh, that was Foster Moreau, correct? Yes. Over on Raider Nation Radio talking to Q yesterday. Dutch Bros has a drink called Double Torture. It's got a drink called yeah. 911. And what was it? The Irish yeah. something? The Irish kicker? The Irish kicker. Apparently, the punter is getting six shots of espresso before They should a game. just send that guy in for all media availability. <laughs> yeah. I'm he's, ready to punt, guys. He's a uh, media availability to say it's supposed to be Derek Carr. We're sending in Foster Moreau to answer all Derek <laughs> Carr questions. So what do you want to do with that, Jared? Okay, so I just had a, I just had a couple of questions based on, like, their personalities and how they respond to the media. Do you think you could guess like the coffee order of different sports people here in town? Like Pete DeBoer, I think that guy's drinking decaf tea. I think Pete DeBoer, just based on his energy, I think I think Pete DeBoer's having a Coors Light for breakfast. <laughs> yes, yeah. 
And every a one Molson. of those, every one of those players, a Labatt. are yeah. Well, that if they're not their coffee, they're like triple shots. Hockey players, just like it's like water into their veins is hot is coffee. That's all they. It seems like every time you I, see them, they're all carrying coffee because they play on ice and it's yeah. cold. I mean, it's. Am I the only one that can't handle caffeine? Like right before working out, like it's like oh. I'm all like I'm yeah. shaky as yeah. it is. They walk in every morning just drinking nothing but coffee. Warm and, and scratchy. The they go on the ice and play hockey. It's amazing. Lambier definitely drinks just straight black coffee, right? That's what I was going with. Yeah. Yes. Just I, like, I'm a real man. <laughs> I don't put anything in this. Just give it to me straight. He's the guy that finds the 7-Eleven that still has it, like, updated to the fun flavors. <laughs> and he's like, no, that pot hasn't been on for three hours. I want it burnt. Basachi might just be a water guy. So mellow. He might not be drinking anything. Well, that that's, kid. That's he's where I so got the, like, mellow. Could I get a chai tea? Yeah, I mean he's 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 very calm. Why does Rich Versace come off as the guy addicted to Diet Coke? Ooh, like he just drinks like seventeen, like a day. like a uh, like a Saban. Yeah, like just just seventeen a day, like, like the taste, some crazy number. I just want to know how many be, and obviously not because they keep drinking it. Can you imagine like a hockey player going cold turkey? There's no chance. The headaches, <laughs> the, the body aches. They talk about uh, Joe's out. He's got an upper, middle, and okay. lower body injury. One of the things that I learned about Max Crosby is that he like stopped drinking last. Like he's so like he, he he's sober. Yeah, yeah, he's like gone sober, yeah. and it's like helped him. Whatever. I just am imagining. Well, okay, so the power play unit decided to do this no caffeine thing. Oh. And ever since then, we've been having some issues. <laughs> the headaches. Disaster. They'd be falling down on the ice. The the two that I'm most curious about is I assume Kevin Kruger, and he might he might actually answer this question next time we have him on. That dude's drinking rock stars, right? His dad drank nothing but a Diet Coke. His See, dad would tell me that he would they the, the big thing at night would be he'd sit down uh and have a Diet Coke. So I don't know if he's like his father, but if he is, he drinks a lot of Diet Coke. Kevin Kruger drinks whatever his wife picks out for him at Starbucks. That's okay. Yeah, no, okay, I get that. And he's just like, ooh, whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I was thinking that Arroyo gets basically whatever the hell Ed Grady's up. Uh, See, like his his list is like... Yeah, it's a triple caramel macchiato with an extra order, shot of soy. And... What, what's your order? If I'm kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Grande pumpkin spice, grande pumpkin spice frappuccino, with blended Java chips and whip, and extra caramel. <laughs> now, There's in so the, many now, flavors in there. Now, in the winter time, in the winter time, I go very easy. Grande non-fat hot chocolate peppermint and whip. I mean, that's the easy. One. Very easy. I just that's cut two words one. out of my order. Still easy. <laughs> that, that's the easy one. What hot chocolate? <laughs> What's your order? I don't. I'm Kevin Kruger. Whatever my girlfriend gets me. I don't. I don't really drink coffee. Do you drink the blended drinks? What does that mean? I don't like know what any of it is. Like the frappuccino. Like the I don't know what a frappuccino is. So think, really, think I of, think I've had one, but I don't know what it is. It's, it's like a shake. It's a milk. Yeah, it's a yeah, milkshake like milk that shake. somebody went. Oh, I spilled some coffee in there. Yeah, it's a milk Sounds shake. delicious. It's okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I don't like I like my girlfriend goes to Starbucks or whatever, and occasionally she'll bring you something, something, but it won't be hot. Uh, some yeah, sometimes it is, and you just take it. 
Maybe I'll try it and be like, no, that was gross. I don't like that anymore. But yeah, whatever. Put a bunch of weird flavors that don't make it taste like coffee and I'll <laughs> I'll drink it. Like, yeah. Like if there's a bunch of like caramel or vanilla or yes. whipped cream, I'll yeah. I'll drink it. But I don't I don't know. I have I've never I have not developed a, a taste for coffee. I when I was a big old fat kid in high school, I used to get like one of those frappuccino things like every morning. Um and I would buy like third period just be like I need a nap. Oh yeah. Yeah. The wife's got the gold card. <laughs> Starbucks gold card. Is that is that special? Sounds special. It, it, it means you go a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it means you have a problem. Yes. Yeah. Is this like my Chick-fil-A app where I'm a signature um, one member? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I would think that that's what that means a Starbucks <laughs> signature one. Does she get like Points and things she can sure okay yeah because that's what happens at Chick Fil A every time you order you get yeah. points and then you can get stuff for free. Is this sort I of stole the gold card last week? It's in my car now. Is this sort of like at like certain casinos? If you hit a certain level, they have a private bar that only you're allowed in, <laughs> and that like wish, serves you. Great. Can you imagine Tyler with his own room in Chick Fil A. Just yeah, just give me, Tyler. Just give me my own delivery driver. Yeah. God, you know what's ridiculous? The gate in my neighborhood doesn't work. Like it, we have clickers that make it right, work, but right. the box to type in the code doesn't work. Right. So the last like three times we've ordered Chick Fil A, they can't come through the gate. It's a you nightmare. can't buzz them in. No, we can't. There's there's just a little box, and you type in the code and you drive in. But the box has you been. You have broken. to drive out to get your stuff. Yep, driven oh, out there. No. Yep. You don't live that far from the gate. You I don't. drive. It's still a pain. I. <laughs> Because the alternative is it shows up at my doorstep and I just open the door and get the food. Now I got to put shoes on and go drive down the road. <laughs> no, it's the driving part that I'm like. I think it's the driving part he's not <laughs> yeah, happy with. If I was going to get in my car, I might as well just go to Chick-fil-A. I'm saying walk. Yeah, he's saying walk to the gate. Oh, that'd take forever. <laughs> I think I'm going to run. They're waiting for me. They got other people's food to deliver. Come on. This is ridiculous. Coming up next. Derek Carr. <laughs> we did. Yeah, Derek, no, Carr. Derek Carr. Derek Carr is the MVP. David Roth joins the show. Do you want to schedule a parent-teacher conference after hearing Grainy's grades? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678. And let us know who deserves a higher grade. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. I have been told you have a Dan Campbell take for us. Oh, it was. I was talking to Jared before I came on about your uh, seemingly very important conversation about <laughs> what coaches drink. Yes, yes. And I think that Dan Campbell did say at some point during the preseason that he drinks like a 20-ounce Starbucks coffee with two additional espresso shots in it. That it's just basically he goes in there and it's like, how much coffee are you legally allowed to sell me in one <laughs> unit? And then they just give it to him. Which fits. I mean, like, even if that's not true, I, I kind of feel like it's probably true. Okay. So the reason we were talking about it is Foster Moreau, a tight end for the Raiders, said yesterday mm -hmm. – that he goes to Dutch Bros and gets you know, like coffee for a couple of his teammates, and one of the drinks they get is called Double Torture. Hell yeah! What is uh, <laughs> what does that involve? Like I, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know what's in Double no Torture. Clue. But I'm just I thought I've never been to Dutch Bros. All I know is they're apparently very friendly when they talk to you, and I'm just was very surprised that they would have a drink called Double Torture. 
I've always been put off by places where, uh, like, people being bizarrely friendly and glad to see you is a big part of the experience. <laughs> like, I know that that's, like, the Chick-fil-A way and everything like that, but getting, I mean, like, I've lived in the city for two decades now, like, Getting smiled at by strangers is still weird to me. Even if I'm about to give them money in exchange for chicken, it's still kind of like, let's just, you don't know me. I don't know you. Like, let's just, let's get lunch and, and move on with our days. Tyler, you're a Chick-fil-A guy. Are they that oh. nice? Oh, yeah. They're, they're like, that's what they're known for. They've got like the best fast food, hospitality, customer service you'll ever uh, experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think New York City is in general not really ready for Chick-fil-A. We've got a bunch of them now, and they're always mobbed. But it's like it just experientially, it's not a very New York thing. The one in my neighborhood is so popular that it's got its own little traffic pattern around it. Because there's, there's always just like Uber Eats guys and like bike messengers and yeah. So that's a, I, if I were a bus driver, I would really hate Chick Fil A because I'd be going down Second Avenue and then suddenly there's uh, yeah just this miniature parking lot of people eating nuggets. So what's funny is I moved out here to Vegas from Mississippi, and in Mississippi, Chick Fil A is like thirty percent of every Mississippian's diet. But yeah. like. <laughs> When you, if you say thank you to a Chick Fil A employee, they're supposed to say "my pleasure" in response. And in Mississippi, you get a hundred percent "my pleasure" rate when you say thank you. That sounded weird to say out loud, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> here in Vegas, very few of them say "my pleasure." Like it doesn't happen. What do they here. say? You're welcome. Yeah, just you're welcome or whatever. Have a good day. Like, but in Mississippi, like you think they get fired if they don't say "my pleasure" after you say thank you. Is that like how like Guinness is supposed to be better as you get closer to Dublin? Like it's like if you basically like there's some apex of Chick Fil A that it's, it's like it's and, Atlanta. You know, whatever yeah it's Georgia. Atlanta yeah and as you get further from it it stops working as, as powerfully I think that's accurate um all right baseball question for you is yes. it bad if the Astros win the World Series I mean no kinda I don't know it depends like I think <laughs> this is but yeah I mean it's not what I want necessarily but I think the team itself is like. Good. I have no real problem with the Astros. I think in both of these instances, it's like these are two extremely. I mean, if you are an online person, that like the Braves and the Astros fans online are both really annoying. The teams themselves, I like, I found delightful to watch all through October. You know, like it's just a question of what weird grievance culture war thing their fans have like sort of roped them into. So like, if you can. Because the Astros, to me, like, the annoying part there is that they, and the players do this, too, to a certain extent. Correa's been bad with it. Where, like, they act like they got punished for cheating when they didn't. And so this is, like, a big revenge arc for them. And yet, like, it's really hard to put your finger on what exactly the penalty was that they got for being busted on this stuff. And so that's the sort of thing where, like, I think if you want to um, take that sort of, like, sweeping revenge fantasy thing like obviously whatever it's the united states like that's like our most popular idea <laughs> but you have to be punished first like you don't just get to be like everyone's mad at us and we got booed when we went to play the rockies or something and therefore like i'm gonna burn down this whole league i guess it's you know whatever works it just seems a little corny to me all right so we asked this question earlier uh we're looking for the best villain in sports we put out brady and lebron are either bigger villains than the astros I mean, I think at this point, no. I think because of the fact that, like, Brady, this is something that I'm not quite ready to write about yet because I'm not even really sure it's true. I feel like he's kind of having, like, a little bit of a redemption arc in Tampa that, like, he's a little bit less annoying. It's kind of hilarious that he's still, you know, one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the NFL because he's, like, objectively in his mid-40s. And (laughs) I think people are kind of, like, the other stuff, like, he's – 
kind of kidding the whole like I'll die if I eat a strawberry spell all the, the things that kind of freaked everybody out in New England I think he's still doing that like I think he's still drinking like whatever pear milk and just like weird products that normal people would have no access to but he's like you know what how can I be that mad at him I think it's sort of the same with LeBron to a certain extent although people are really good at, at staying mad at LeBron but yeah the Astros have it's easier to root against them, I think, because of the fact that there's still this element of like wanting to be the bad guys that they have, but like that's part of the motivation there. I mean, the Braves have there's a whole other like culture war thing with them, but the team itself is just like having a blast and like basically like all of them are kind of trying to be as silly as Jock Peterson and failing. I think that's great. Like that's exactly what I want in a baseball team is like weird in jokes. And then, like, one guy that wears uh, crazy outfits to the game. Looking back two years in hindsight, was Dusty Baker the perfect manager for the Astros to hire? Yeah. I mean, I feel bad that he got hired. I mean, I feel like him getting hired feels like sort of an attempt at image control. Because, like, everybody loves Dusty Baker. Like, everybody respects Dusty Baker. Like, And he really does seem like about the coolest guy that you could have managing a baseball team. And so... Even if, I mean, I know this wasn't why the Astros made the choice. I think they, they wanted to get a manager that, you know, gets his team to play hard and, and tune other stuff out, which he's done very well. But if you were a cynic and you were watching this from the outside, you're like, if you're this sick of getting bored, like, you just, you hire the one guy that no one would, would boo. Like, you just have to, like, and if that's what Dusty is, if he's a figurehead, then that's grim. But I think looking at it now, like, not to say that AJ Hinch didn't do a good job. I mean, I, it, that old the Astros team that won the World Series was so unstoppable that you can't not give the manager credit for it. Does but he, yeah, like the vibe seems a little less uh, curdled than it did, and I think Dusty deserves a lot of credit for that. Does he lose points for drinking alcohol out of a shoe? I mean, does anyone? I mean, I feel like <laughs> all of us, if you go back far enough, I don't know what the statute of limitations is on that, but like I would. I've incurred some demerits during my first two years of college. Uh, All right. The Braves won 86 games in the regular season. They're in the World Series. Are they a reason that the baseball playoffs are great? Are they a reason that baseball should go back to just taking the best team in the NL versus the best team in the AL? I think it's great. I mean, especially there's all kinds of, you know, I mean, I can understand being frustrated, uh, you know, if I were a Dodgers fan, uh, or especially I think if I were a Giants fan and your team had had this incredible regular season and then like you got to look up and it's just the Travis Darno show in the actual World Series <laughs> while you're at home. Like that's grim, obviously, but I mean, I think that this is like what's kind of fun about it. Like if it was more uh, representative of, you know, like what should have happened or what is like the most justifiable outcome, then like it wouldn't recognizably be October baseball to me. I just do know as somebody that, you know, the best Mets team of my adulthood lost to a Cardinals team that wound up winning the world series and had like, I think 83 wins in the regular season in 2006. And like, I'll always still be a little bit mad about that, but in the abstract, it's like, it's extremely funny that that happened. That like, so Taguchi turned into, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, one of the five best hitters in baseball for three weeks, and they were the exact right three weeks. David Roth with us from Defector. So as a Mets fan, how do you feel watching an 86-win Braves team in the World Series, given that if the Mets hadn't collapsed, the Braves wouldn't even have made the playoffs? It's unreal that a team that was, they were like notably worse than the Mets 
for two-thirds of the season, and now they're in the World Series. Uh, I think that if the Mets' collapse had been less abject, I'd be more mad about it. But at some point, it's like, and I don't even think it was, it was like late August, early September. I was like, I don't want any more of this. Like, I don't want these guys to like sneak into the playoffs and I have to get upset when they lose in a wild card game or something <laughs> like that. I'm just like, just get this away from me. Like, when does basketball start? And that is kind of uh, not where you want to be as a fan for obvious <laughs> reasons. But I respect what the Braves did and the approach that they, you know, they had at the deadline. They were under 500 when they made all the moves that they made. They were, I think, 51 and 54. And the Mets were still in first place, you know, albeit flagging a little bit when they traded for Javi Baez. The Braves really cast a wide net. They're lucky that they got every single one of those trades right. But I think they did exactly the right thing. I mean, like the Mets were sort of, they did that like modified, limited hangout thing that they like to do. And sometimes it works and you get Yohannes Cespedes and you go to the World Series. In this case, Baez was roughly as good as Cespedes was in 2015. It's just the bottom fell out of the entire rest of the team because they didn't have the depth. And the Braves not punting because they didn't have Ronald Acuna is like, whatever, hats off on that. Because I think most teams, especially like in the 2021 world of Major League Baseball, most teams would have taken that opportunity to cut some salary and just run it back the next year. And they didn't. And, you know, they'll always have this, whatever, whatever comes after. I don't know. Did, I want to uh, ask you this about this. Did we want to see those demonstrators outside the Nets arena actually get inside with light Kyrie play, let's stand with Kyrie? Because they got to the doors, and the officials yeah. had to briefly close the doors when they were trying to bust in. I sort of wanted to, and probably it was wrong to see them get in to see that what they would do inside. I think it's like a classic. This is like the most 2020-2021 thing is like, protesters storming something, getting inside, and then being like, all right, now what? Yes, just like exactly. milling around like they're going to level up in a video game. Like, they didn't have a game plan for that. Like no. they weren't going to, like none of those guys were going to like start doing layup lines or anything like that. They wanted to get on TV and they did. And then like, they got as close as they got. And of course, they don't get in trouble for it. You can only get in trouble for protesting certain things. But yeah, it was really bizarre to see. I mean, I think, I know the attendance at uh, the game was, really bad yesterday uh like you could have gotten into nets wizards for like seven bucks which is pretty lousy for the second home game of the year i think it really put people off i don't I, but you know i think that was the point like i don't really know that uh there wasn't like a policy position they were advocating for they were sort of like i wonder if i can shove a security guard and get away with it and it turns out the answer is yes uh if you have a certain type of sign uh would you rather drink champagne out of a shoe or whatever double torture is from dutch brothers I'm very curious about double torture, um, especially just because it, it feels like you're ordering off menu there. So you're just going in there. Like, I feel like if you went in someplace and ordered a double torture, even if they didn't know what that was, they would be able to put something together at <laughs> that description. They also have a drink called 911, and that seems to be the, the, the calmer one. So it kind of tells you what the other one is. What is, is there like, does it involve like getting an adrenaline ejection through your chest, like in Pulp Fiction? Like, how much more intense can you make coffee? Okay, so a double torture is good. Thank their, you for looking this up. Their bold espresso blend with vanilla syrup, chocolate milk, an extra double shot of espresso, and whipped cream. Okay, so it's just it's a it's a stupid drink. It's not a scary. <laughs> yeah, drink. that's it's good. Just, There's it's a distinction. Lots to of there. sugar. 
It's, it's something you want the Raiders tight end having right before practice. Oh, yeah. Definitely, I think the, definitely the one thing you want right before you like work out for a couple of yes, hours exactly. is something that has chocolate milk and whipped cream yes. on it. He is David Roth. different, man. I love that. Respect to Foster Moreau. Long may he wave. Yes. He is David Roth from Defector. David, as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good there one. You, go. you too. So Double that's the drink. You yeah. Stop, the chocolate milk. When you put that in there, it really started to become the weird. vanilla syrup with chocolate was, milk. It's just like, oh, yeah. okay. So you basically are like, all right. So I got the sugar rush, then I got yeah. the caffeine on top of that. So I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna go out there. I'm just gonna run some routes. It's gonna be great with whipped cream. That's the important part. And he gets one for the punter who. No, I the, guess he no, the punter one. gets the nine one one. So I gotta figure out what that is. Yeah. Well, find out next why Dutch Brothers has a horrifyingly named menu. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Would you like to renegotiate? Renegotiate, no, but maybe uh, play around a golf with Tom as a repayment. Okay. I think that'd be pretty cool. That's <laughs> it. So you want a round of golf, nothing else? Like you don't want to call plays next week against the Saints? You don't want a, a spot on the charter? Well, if I, was, uh, if I was calling the plays, we'd probably lose against the Saints. So I'll leave that up to the team. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The biggest story in the NFL this week involves Tom Brady's 600th career passing touchdown and the fan that ended up with the ball because Mike Evans <laughs> obviously doesn't read the notes in the notebook <laughs> of the paper to know that it was about to be a 600th TD pass. Well, to be fair to Mike Evans, I think it was like the fourth of the half. That is true. So Mike Evans might not have been aware of, oh, if he gets four. <laughs> well, it was his third. At yeah. the very least. Yeah. So he was just like, come on. So Tom Brady throws a 600th career passing touchdown to Mike Evans. Mike Evans then runs over unaware and gives the ball to a fan in the front row. A, I think it was an equipment manager for the Bucks ran over to the fan to try to get the ball back and be like, hey, give me the ball back. And at the time had agreed to give him a different game ball and like a Tom Brady jersey or something right. like that. Now, basically, a bunch of people jumped on board saying this guy got ripped off, right? This ball was worth much more than that. He should have held out for a lot more. The Bucks came back and ended up giving him a lot more. He got... Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady, a signed Mike Evans jersey, Mike Evans game cleats, a thousand dollar credit at the team store, yeah. and two season tickets for the rest of this season and next season. I mean, at the armory, that's like two jerseys <laughs> <laughs> and a pen. Um, you heard the audio there. He was on NFL Network asking to play around to golf with Tom Brady. That appears to have been shut down. Tom Brady apparently did not want to play around the golf <laughs> with this guy. Uh, but Tom Brady also, last night he was on the Manning cast, uh, said that this guy also got one Bitcoin from Tom Brady's sponsor, whatever that is, NFX or something like that. And uh, one Bitcoin is currently worth $62,000. Uh, so do you think this guy made out well? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. The jerseys and helmet alone, when he retires, you can get something for those. My goodness. The estimate on the of value everything. of the football was half a million dollars. I would have given it back. I didn't even know what I would have asked for. I, I, I literally would have. I, I, I would have just tossed it Is it, it bad? Back. I would have asked for, let me call one play. 
<laughs> Tom, you're running the triple it's gotta option. Be, it's got to be third down. <laughs> That's all I ask. Third down, you guys can be up, but I get to call the play. So, would you give it a back? Yes, I would have given, given it back. And, and I, I think I back. think the guy ended up getting a really good haul. I thought he got a great deal. Oh, my God. But I would have asked for the two things I would have wanted if I was this guy. Assuming he's a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, which he was wearing a jersey in the front row. So I think that's a safe bet. I would have asked for two things. Number one, season tickets for life. And number two, to meet Tom Brady. Okay. Those are the two things I asked for. Okay. The rest of the stuff is nice. It's fun. But those would have been the two okay. things. That, now, he got season tickets for a season and a half out right. of this, which is still good. And... I'm sure he might end up getting to meet Tom Brady at some point. Right. I mean, it might happen on its own, but those would have been the two things I wanted. Give me season tickets for life, and I want to meet Tom right. Brady. The rest of the stuff is is cool, like a $1,000 credit to the team See, store. The $1,000 team store is pretty good. I'd blow through that. Hell, the one Bitcoin is actually yeah. the thing. I'd but Of all the stuff he got, I'm sitting here saying a one Bitcoin. Yeah. That's $62,000. Right. I'm very excited about that. He's going to that ATM at some of the gas stations where it's like you can cash out your Bitcoin, and he's just going to be like, it, it stopped working again. It stopped working at $320. Listen, no, no. I, I own some Bitcoin. I own .0186 of a Bitcoin. So one Bitcoin would be much better than .0186 of a Bitcoin. I thought he made out really, really he did. well. He did well. Uh, a lot of people were giving him crap for not getting enough. Like, a lot of people were hating on him for not getting Is that why he stuff. came back with he wanted the round of golf? I think so. I think so. Because, well, the problem is, so here's, obviously, you don't go into a game prepared for this. But if you catch, like, a home run or get a touchdown pass of a significant milestone, you need to leave with that and then negotiate, like, yep. when you're, like, at home and can sit down and think about it. Because the way this happened... The equipment manager just ran up to the guy and said, hey, can I have that ball back? And you're like, just put in a situation of, I guess, but like you need to leave and go home and then say, call me this, and then we'll negotiate. Does the equipment yeah. manager have the juice to give all this stuff away? Like, could you see someone at the higher off saying, wait a minute, you gave the guy season tickets? No, the equipment that? manager only gave him a, a different ball and like they agreed to a jersey or something like that. Okay. All this other stuff came afterwards. All this other stuff, I think, was the Bucks just being nice because this kid was getting raked over the coals for taking a bad deal. Okay. So, but you got to go home with your possession and, and then give him your phone number. Yes.